Hello, this is the X-Zone. I'm Nick Parker. Apologies for the delay in getting this next part of our Yellow King boogie story loaded up onto the podcast. We've had a break-in at our offices and it's taken a bit of time to put things back in order. Strangely, nothing's been taken, but the place has been thoroughly tossed and whoever did it also decided to murder our two goldfish. Poor old Spike and Buffy were just thrown on the floor to die. Well, let's get back to our files. And I warn you that we were about to go down a rabbit hole in search of Tabitha Locke. This is where the story gets really strange. It's at this point that I feel obliged to remind you that these files are in official Department of Justice reports, classified as secret, and as far as I can ascertain, are genuine. The first letter in file five is a handwritten note on FBI-headed notepaper from Special Agent Karen Chance to Special Agent Justin Pierce. Karen was a profiler assigned from the FBI's Investigative Support Unit at Quantico to assist the field office generally with the surge of violent crime in New Orleans. Renowned for her intellectual brilliance and uncanny instincts, you may find her choice of language curious. Then we'll hear the contents of an even more curious debrief interview with Agent Dorothy Dotty Johnston, She was an agent from Homeland Security's Department 13, which, as I have previously stated, we can't seem to verify ever having formally existed. This is one of the few times this organisation ever appears listed in an unredacted file, so maybe it was an off-the-books outfit. Department 13 is, of course, the place where our informant who started all this off, Adam Jones, says that he worked as an information officer during the time these events were taking place. Here we go, then, with the Yellow King Boogie, Far 5. Friday, October the 19th, 2200. Justin, I write this just in case things go badly, in which case we might not make it back. I have spent the past week or so sorting the threads of the pulse of this city. It's diseased, or at least sick at heart is my conclusion. Tabitha's thread led me to the same place as Martikian earlier today, Spanish Ford on the banks of the Pontchartrain. Marty had a run-in with fake security guards here, but it turns out they're associated friendlies. At least I think so, but more of that later. Look hard at the king in yellow. I think the events of that play are coming to pass for real. All the team witnessed a spectral city in the mists of Leg Pontchartrain, Take a drive around the lake after midnight and see for yourself. It's a strangely awesome sight. I think the yellow sign is a vector that's making it real, sucking the life force out of New Orleans, presumably to bring the Yellow King and his dread city of Carcosa to life for real. I guess Spanish Ford is probably where Tabitha went down the rabbit hole. Maybe she or Lilith accidentally opened a gate to somewhere unpleasant. Either way, it needs investigating, but for God's sake, don't go alone. In fact, I would call Uncle Alphonse for help and guidance if we don't make it back. We came back to Lilith's apartment following close examinations of Agent Frost's artwork. This is a different place at night. Hums with energy. Frost also had a strange encounter at his apartment. An automaton child with an invite in Kruger's name to an event on October 31. This fits what Romano told us, Romano Farina, that is. Something bad is going to happen then, and something worse at the end of the year. 
my gut tells me this is pretty accurate. Frost's art implied upper levels beyond this floor, and inexplicably this appears to be true. We were not the only ones drawn here, though, which brings me back to our friendlies. As Romano Frida intimated, there is a second team active. They're UK special forces of a very special variety. Their commander is a guy called David, gifted like me, and they're at least a six-man outfit, heavily armed. I would describe them as a UK version of DG, sent here in pursuit of a missing SBS unit, which may have fallen foul of the Deep One colony that Farina told us about. They, in turn, have been sent to locate a missing MI6 agent by the name of Barbara McLean. They're also responsible for intervening on Wednesday night, although why they were in the area is presently unknown. David's investigations, with equipment far more advanced than anything I have seen us deploy, brought him to both here and Spanish Fort as nexus points of U-energy, the U standing for unknown. Anyway, Frost, Martikian, Parisi, and I are going to go and check these upper floors and see what we can find. David is also going to send a couple of his people with us. I can feel both Kruger and Lilith's presences washing in and out. They're like waves on the beach. It mirrors the event horizon I can see in David's laptop by the stairs, a collapsing and lengthening wormhole of indeterminate size and distance. So, in we go. Who dares wins, huh, Justin? Good luck to you. Be safe. Karen. Debriefing notes, Agent Dorothy Johnston, Homeland Security, Department 13, brackets, Mike Juliet 13. Debriefing notes, in attendance, Director J.S. Sebastian and Security Director Warren Class. Okay, Dottie, let's pick up from when you met the feds. Okay, sure. So, I had kind of been just wandering through these endless hotel hallways and bedrooms. You know, endless, like in really endless. How long do you think? Two to three days, I think. Honestly, I have no real idea, and I don't know how long I had been unconscious before then. Even now, I still get flashes. I mean, we know now it was a couple of months, but... It sure didn't feel that way, and I have to wonder how I survive without food and water. Okay, so you met the feds? Yeah. I heard them arguing about something to do with Gates. Gates? Yeah. I thought they were talking about a person to begin with, but it soon became obvious that wasn't right. How many of these feds were there? Uh, there were six. Four feds and a Brit. Ah, hold on a minute, that's five. Yeah, five. All well-armed. Were they Zeus operatives or Pisces? Oh, definitely Zeus. Damn Brits. Who the heck do they think they are coming up? All right, let's just move on. You were saying, Dorothy. Yeah, so we kind of joined forces. I think I joined them rather than them joining me, but, you know, we all fell in together. What were they looking for? A woman named Lilith Carson and a man named Walter Kruger. They didn't sound like they liked him very much at all. So, you know, I quickly made friends with them, particularly with Karen. That's Agent Karen Chance? She's the talent. Yeah, she's really empathetic. Um, the real deal. And a very cool person, too, I thought. Is she a threat, J.S.? 
No, I don't think so. Go on. They call me Alice, you know, like Alice in Wonderland, because at that point in time, I was still suffering amnesia, and everything was a bit of a blur. Then some things started to come back. Like, I recognized Marty's... NCIS Agent Martikian? Oh, yeah. Agent Martikian. Yeah, I recognized his machine gun as being a P90. And the British guy had a Browning high power with extra wide ejection ports. I didn't know then how I knew those things. I just did. Okay. So in your report, you mentioned having some encounters in this endless hotel. Yes, we did. I mean, the place was like something out of a Stephen King novel. Like you'd hear people laughing or screaming or arguing and screaming and shouting. But when you got to the place that should be or opened the door in a room which it was behind, there'd be nothing there. It would be empty. Sometimes there'd be like a trace of cigarette smoke in the air or a tray of half-eaten food. Just no people. What about this guy you mentioned, Mark Rourke? Oh, yeah. Well, he spun me out, not just because his toupee was... <laughs> well, it, it was laughable, laughably bad. <laughs> anyway, he said it was 1933, and I had no idea whether that was true or not. Afterwards, Karen told me it was 2008, and that sounded more right to me, but I couldn't be sure. He also said he'd seen some big, fat men dropping me off near the cellar. It was then I had a flash of memory. I was in a car watching some big guys forcing stray dogs into the back of a van. I was with another man. At the time, I couldn't remember his name, but I know now it was my partner, Agent Callahan. He tried to sell Marty an encyclopedia. That's Mark Rourke, not my partner. And then it all got pretty intense. As the feds had heard that Lilith Carson's missing mentor to the missing kid, top of the lock, had run off with such a guy. Rourke said she'd gone to the city, but didn't specify which one. And then he just ran off, and we let him go. Then what? Well, I had more flashbacks of Callahan and myself... We were watching some hydrotherapy clinic at the end of a quite desolate street. It looked like the surrounding buildings had taken a hit during the hurricane, but this building looked untouched. I think we went in, and something awful must have happened. I recall staggering out, covered in blood. But that's all. I think, well, I think Callahan must have died in there. Then what? Well, we carried on, and then we were attacked by something I didn't really know how to describe. Still don't. It went straight after Special Agent Frost, and it was some kind of diseased dog. It was as big as a German Shepherd, but skinny, covered in a bluish slime that seemed to drip from its pelt, which was stretched tight across its bones. It was immune to bullets. It didn't seem too impressed by my Kung Fu strikes, either. Its tongue was long. Red, left curious holes in Frost's flesh. It killed the brick guy before vanishing in literally a pillar of smoke. Really freaked everyone out. I can quite imagine. Carry on, Agent, please. So, we caught up with Rourke again, but not before finding various type pages of some play, which definitely wasn't Shakespeare, let me tell you. Then I remember the line from Hamlet. 
plays the thing wherein will catch the conscience of a king. Interesting. Obviously you escaped. But how? Well, that's another story. It is another story, and unfortunately that's where Dorothy Johnston's account ends, as the rest of her testimony is missing. However, we do know what happened next, and if you thought this episode was weird, trust me, there's plenty more to come in File 6. Many of you out there might think I'm mad to believe such fanciful tales, yet clearly these sane and hard-headed law enforcement personnel were only documenting what they themselves witnessed. It's possible, of course, that stress gave way to hallucinations and psychologists have documented mass hysteria cases where a group of people could believe they had seen incredible things. Yet, science is constantly making discoveries about things we previously dismissed. Fusion power, dark matter, string theory, organic computers and artificial intelligence, to name but a few. That there may be worlds parallel to our own is becoming less the province of speculative fiction, and more the stuff of cutting-edge science. I'll leave you with this thought from Howard Einstein. If at first an idea does not sound absurd, then there is no hope for it. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on The X-Zone.